Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Uh, hoy hoy everyone. How are we? Big news this week in that Christine Brown from Sister Wives, which you all know I care a lot about, I've talked about on here, has left Cody Brown officially. If you want to hear my thoughts on that, go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains. You can listen to my Patreon episode about it. I did a little emergency pod about it on the Patreon. I think also this week I want to try and actually read the Sister Wives book. Um, the new episodes are going to come out soon. And in light of this news of the divorce, I think I'm going to commit to reading the Sister Wives book, which is possibly one of the most boring books I've ever attempted to read. But I'm really I need I need to know the facts. So stay tuned. I think I'm going to read that, maybe do an episode on the book ahead of the new season. I'm not totally sure. With Thanksgiving coming, I feel like I, I feel like suddenly my schedule is spun out of control. I've like turned around and it's Thanksgiving. I don't know how that happened, but there we are. How are we? There's no real teen mom news this week. Um, Amber Portwood did put out some merch and her merch has a sweatshirt that features a saying that is, I'm going to go Portwood on your ass now. Here. Look here. Look, look right here. If I, you know, if I was somebody that had been convicted of domestic violence multiple times and had been caught on camera multiple times committing domestic violence, and I wanted people to believe that I was a different person I probably, I mean, no guarantee, you know, no guarantee, but I probably would try not to release merch that threatened violence or just like associated my last name with violence, you know, like that's just me. I know like I have some crazy liberal ideas, I know, but I It just doesn't seem like the greatest idea to me um, that you would want a shirt that encourages violence in your name. You know, like, please, if I do release merch, which I am still planning on doing, it's just this whole thing. The thing is, is I want to do it through like one of those websites that does everything for you. And I just I'm like, is this really worth how much it like how little money I'm probably going to actually make? It's kind of where I am right now. But maybe by the end of the year, I'll put some merch out. We'll see. (laughs) Um, Where was I? What was I saying? Oh, so like if I was to put out merch, I probably wouldn't put out a shirt that says I'm going to go Bentley on your ass. Now, that's a phrase that makes no sense. I will admit that saying like I'm going to go Portwood on your ass does sound a little better than Bentley. But one, I would argue that nobody's ever said that about Amber. That's not that's not a, a slogan. You know what I mean? That's like not an Amber catchphrase. It's not like a classic Amber catchphrase. So I'm not really sure like why she would put that out anyway. Um, one would think that like your, your merch would be associated with like things you actually said and not just your last name. Also like going Bentley on your ass. <laughs> 
doesn't make sense if you're thinking about the context of me, Elizabeth Bentley, because I don't do that, right? Like, I've never been in a physical fight. I'm not a very aggressive person. I'm a bitch. Please, I'm aware. I'm aware that I'm a bitch. I'm not aggressive. And in my opinion, those are two very different things. And that's just not me. (laughs) So if I put that merch out, people would say, what the fuck does that mean? The bad thing is, is like Amber put that merch out and like I knew what that meant. Like if you are putting out something that suggests violence, um, it's probably better if people went, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, like if, like I said, if I put out a shirt that said, don't make me go Bentley on your ass, people would be like, make a snarky podcast about them. What? Like what? Leave a mean Reddit comment towards them. What is that? What? What does that mean in this context? So it's not great that I could read that shirt. Don't make me go portwood on your ass or whatever the fucking phrase is here. I can tell you what the phrase is. I posted it on my Instagram. You can follow me at feathers underscore pod. It says I'm going to. Oh, this is even crazier. (laughs) It's I'm going to portwood your ass. (laughs) Okay. First of all, that's significantly worse. I'll go ahead and say it. That's significantly less funny. Or like that that makes it it's actually significantly more funny to me, but like in a serious context, serious context. You get what I'm saying. It makes way less sense. You're gonna first of all, when you use when you say it as like, I'm going to Portwood your ass, it sounds like you're talking about fucking someone up the ass. Full stop. Like, <laughs> like it, it does. It sounds like you're saying like, I'm going to fuck you up the ass like that. I mean, maybe Amber's into Peggy. Now, here's the deal. If Amber came out and said that she was a dominatrix and really into Peggy, actually, no, that's not good. I was about to go on a whole thing about like how fun it would be if Amber is a dominatrix and into pegging. But actually, it's like not fun for doms to be like literal abusers. So I'm going to I'm going to walk that back. We're going to walk back. If Amber is into pegging, good for her. You know, this is a pro pegging podcast in general. But like just this idea of Amber, I'm going to Portwood your ass, not I'm going to go Portwood. Because what does Portwood mean in this context? I'm going to Portwood your ass? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Makes even less sense that I'm going to go Portwood on your ass. Now I'm like going to have to release merch that says I'm going to Bentley your ass. (laughs) It's so stupid. (laughs) It's so stupid. It's so, so, so stupid, but so funny. And if these proceeds were not going to Amber, like, would I like a a sweatshirt that says, I'm going to Portwood your ass? Yeah, of course. Of course I would like a sweatshirt that says, I'm going to Portwood your ass. (laughs) Remember when you were for Christmas, Molly McAleer got me um, (laughs) a shirt. I still have it. It's somewhere that says, Janelle is a good mother or something like Janelle Evans is a good mother. I have no fucking idea. Like, she must have found it on Amazon or some shit. I laughed so hard. It's so funny. Like, it didn't come directly from Janelle. You know what I Like, no money was given to Janelle for this. It's just so funny. It may not have said Evans. It may have just said Janelle. 
is a good mom or has great kids. It was something about someone named Janelle being a good mom. It probably didn't even have the last name. And it was just like, you know how they make all of those random ass shirts on like Redbubble? That's like, my name is Liz and I'm from like Pennsylvania girls named Liz are born on May 30th and they love to watch Teen Mom, you know, like those type of shirts. So maybe it was that, but it was so funny. Like I, something like that is so funny. My friend Alyssa recently made... (laughs) One of those like 90s style shirts that has her face on it from when she was a child and it just has her like I got one I mean as a joke but also not a joke a Carmela Soprano one that like I love and then my friend Alyssa made one like as a joke and put it up on her Etsy store and I ordered it and she's like you did not seriously order that shirt I was like of course I did actually it should be here soon Alyssa chop chop where's that fucking shirt <laughs> It's not here yet. I can't wait for it. But like, I think stuff like that is very funny. I like a funny t-shirt that's not, that's not a like a a word funny t-shirt. Like in this episode of OG This Week, Gary's wearing a shirt that's like sarcastic? Me? Never. Like, no, I don't need that. But like the idea of wearing a shirt that says like, I'm going to port with your ass is really fucking funny to me. That's really funny. And people would look at that and be like, you're going to what? <laughs> oh, gosh. It may like it at least should be I'm going to go. It should be like, I'm going to go. Don't make me go all Portwood on your ass. At least that like kind of makes sense because it's like we know Amber Portwood is a violent abuser. And so like if you're like, don't make me go all Portwood on your ass. It's like, yeah, you're going to go crazy on someone. You're going to beat the shit out of them. Remember on um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills when Taylor... <laughs> Taylor Armstrong was like don't make me go Oklahoma on your ass or something like that where is she from Oklahoma did you know Taylor Armstrong when she first moved to LA was caught like she I don't remember her her birth name is but she like gave herself the name Taylor Ford and would like let people think she was part of the Ford family I love shit like that I love con men con women you know let's be included let's not be so gender binary. I love con people. I love scammers like that. Like that's so fucking clever where you're like not necessarily not. It's not really that clever, but I just think that shit's so funny where you're like not really saying you're part of the Ford family, but like you're letting people assume it. I, I could do that with my last name, but I don't. Um, People are always asking me like, oh, are you, do you have anything to do with the car? But it's like somebody asking me when I'm like, in the McDonald's drive through my Honda Civic. And I'm like, what do you think? What do you think the answer is? Once I was flying like coach, you know, as, <laughs> as I do, I've flown first class like truly twice in my entire life. And once it was coming back from vacation, I went on vacation with my friend and his dad in high school and his dad used like his miles to upgrade us. And the other time it was like a really cheap upgrade. It was like a hundred dollars extra to upgrade day of flight to Seattle. So I did, which was cool. But for the most part, I fly exclusively coach. Um, I feel a jealousy unlike any other when I'm walking back to coach and I see children in first class. I'm not a violent person, but I want to go all Portwood on their asses when I see that. Like, I want to pick the children up and throw them into a coach seat and take their seat. It, it enrages me. <laughs> I like the I'm not really a jealous person in general like I don't know I just don't feel like jealousy is one of my main character defects but like seeing a child in first class makes me so jealous it's unwell um but I was like flying coach somewhere I I might have even been on spirit honestly like 
I love Spirit Airlines. When I lived in South Florida, one of Spirit or Spirit's main hub is out of Fort Lauderdale. So I'd fly Spirit all the fucking time. I would go to like Chicago for $50 round trip. I wouldn't bring a bag. I'd put all my stuff for the weekend in a little backpack. It was the shit. I stand Spirit Airlines, actually. I The only issue is the lack of Wi-Fi. But besides that, like, I love a Spirit Airlines. I don't need a ton of room in a seat. I don't need a ton of leg room. I'm great on Spirit. Um, Where was I? Oh, so the guy was, like, I guess flirting with me. He's like, oh, so you're part of, like, the Bentley Carr family? And I was like, I'm flying Spirit Airlines. Like, what do you think the answer to that question is? <laughs> I don't know how he got here. Oh, I'm going to Bentley your ass. Oh, that's so funny. I don't know. Maybe I will make a shirt that says I'm going to Bentley your ass. Truly, I hope nobody would buy that. Imagine like explaining that to people. Oh, that's really it for Team Mom News this week. And personal news, I got a new cell phone. So that's a big news. I got an iPhone 13 and I had to get a 128. I had a 256 XS before. And I had to get a 128 because it was this whole thing. We were trading in our phones. And so we had to get one that was like already in the store because my dad and my stepmom were also trading their phones. So like it was it was just this whole fucking issue that like I had to trade in the phone to get the new phone. Um, you know, like how trade-ins work. <laughs> and they're going to have to order 256, blah, blah, blah. But my storage was like, oh, I've only used 56 gigabytes of storage. So 128 will be fine, except then I get my phone all switched over today and I was at 123 out of 128 gigabytes. So that wasn't great. I had to delete, um, which was fine. I had 17,000 pictures and videos on my phone. I don't look at any of them, truly. I never look at anything on my phone. I had 900 TikTok videos saved. I deleted 60 gigabytes worth of videos and pictures today. I went into my screenshots folder and fucking deleted all of those. What, what, what? Like, it's screenshotting Amber. It's just videos of Amber. So downgrading the memory wasn't great. I'm actually like a little nervous and flipped out about it, but we should be okay, hopefully. And that's my big life update that I got a new cell phone three years. I had my last one for three years. So I guess me and this 128 gigabyte iPhone 13 are about to be on a three-year ride together. (laughs) I I hope everybody had a nice week. You should go to my Patreon and become a patron. Last week I did Colleen Ballinger, aka Miranda Sings. I also released an episode on Christine Brown. Uh, This upcoming week I have Celebrity Rehab. The next week hopefully is going to be Jill Rodriguez. You know, the like main fundy snark lady. She's probably like the most snarked on non-dugger person in the fundy snark community. Um, I'm hoping soon to get a Kid Nation episode in there. Did you guys watch Kid Nation? I lived for Kid Nation when that show was on air. (laughs) Deal with it. Remember deal with it, girl Taylor. Oh, God. So hopefully I will be doing a Kid Nation episode with Tomlin in the new near future. There's going to be some Sister Wives shit coming up. So, yeah, go to my Patreon. Become a patron. Let's talk about, I guess, the show that we're here to talk about. Was this week that interesting? 
not particularly, not particularly. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't like the best thing I've ever seen. Let's start with Macy. So this week's episode is about Macy's PCOS, which like here, Mama Mia, here we go again. You know, like God forbid we ever discuss anything new in Macy's life. She's having crippling insomnia because of her um, PTSD, which I feel awful for. Like I've said every week since this has happened, I have a lot of empathy for her PTSD. I can't even imagine what she went through. It does not necessarily make for the most compelling TV I've ever seen, but you know, that there it is. Um, instead of going to a doctor, which look, do I need to go to a doctor? Yeah, of course. Of course. I haven't been to a doctor in way too long. Should I go see a dietitian? Of course I should. But Macy, like, decides that she doesn't want to go to a doctor for her PCOS. So she gets on the horn with two of the ladies from that, um, that, like, organization, you know, like, the advocacy organization. And they're, like, talking to her and they're asking her kind of, like, what she eats and what her lifestyle is like. And, I mean, I think they actually were pretty good resources. Like, Macy's describing her issues and they're like okay but you're like not taking care of yourself at all you're not sleeping you're not eating well you're not exercising blah 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 like and the first thing the doctor is going to say to you is that you need to change your lifestyle which I think is probably totally accurate right like I definitely can relate to that feeling of not wanting to go to the doctor because you like already know what they're going to tell you it's like yeah (laughs) like I know I need to eat less to lose weight yeah, I, I'm aware of that. Like, I know how to lose weight. The problem is that I don't. Like, I like I get that feeling, but I just thought it was kind of weird that, like, her go-to was the advocacy ladies and not a doctor. Um, She has one of the ladies come to her house. I don't know if this woman lives in Chattanooga, if MTV flew her in for this conversation or what the deal is, but I, I also felt this was very bizarre. Because they're, like, making a diet plan for Macy. And I'm like, well, what? Like, I think she should go to a doctor. Like, I think this is where she should go to the doctor. You think that MTV would be like, great, we're going to set you up for a dietitian. But basically, Macy explains that she doesn't really eat. Um, What she does eat is crap. Like, she doesn't have breakfast. If she does, it's a banana. Or if she's really tired, she has a can of Coke. <laughs> it's like, I respect that. <laughs> I respect you being on television and just like straight face being like, yeah, like usually my breakfast is a can of Coca-Cola. Like I, that's, I love, I love admitting that. And then she's like, you know, and then for lunch, I have like Chick-fil-A. They don't go into her dinner, but the lady's like, you're not eating enough, which I could definitely believe. Um, I do have some questions about the beer. <laughs> now, don't. I'm not saying Macy's an alcoholic. I'm not doing that. As I've said on this podcast, like I have no fucking clue what Macy's relationship with alcohol looks like. All I know is that on the show, she drinks a lot and that she drinks a lot in situations in which I don't think it's like that normal for whatever the word normal means to be drinking. Like it, it's weird. There are certain times where she's drunk, like when Bentley gets off the school bus and I'm like, is she, why is she drunk right now? It's not that I think she's like necessary. I think we really do not see enough to know like what her relationship with alcohol is like. But I will say at least as far as like the way it's filmed, she drinks 
a lot. So, you know, one would think, and she drinks beer. That's like an important part. So one would think that if you have PCOS, you want to get your diet right because PCOS, um, usually you have to go to a, like, a, a diet that's like similar to how a diabetic would eat, right? Because you have issues with your sugars and blah, blah, blah. So one would think that beer would be something she needs to cut out. My dad is a type 2 diabetic um, and has been for a long time, even though it's just genetic. He's in incredible shape, but he's like, I have a couple uncles that have it too, and everybody's in great shape. They just are type 2 diabetics. And when my dad got diagnosed before he saw a new, like a dietitian, I'm trying to say dietitian, not nutritionist, because I know like uh, they're different things. So before he saw a dietitian, he decided the way that he was going to fix his diet was every day he had like a Snickers bar as a snack. So the way that he was going to eat healthy was to eat two whole wheat bagels instead. (laughs) And the dietitian was like, no, that's not right. Like you cannot eat carbs like that. And so he stopped doing that. Um, and like, I would think that if Macy was honest about the amount of beer that she's drinking, which I would guess she's probably having four plus beers every day or White Claws, I have noticed that she's kind of moved to the hard seltzers. But like, I don't know what the carb count is on those, but there's a lot of carbs in beers. Um, car- beer is not a great alcohol beverage if you have uh if you're looking out for your blood sugar levels you know it's just it's not your best bet so I'm definitely curious about why they didn't include what she eats for dinner and how much she drinks because those feel like they should be really big questions um but the girl is like you need protein you need fat like you need to start eating a balanced diet and so we see Macy make a smoothie <laughs> like woohoo it's everybody's go-to right like I'm gonna start making smoothies she said it's actually pretty good. I was like, should I start making smoothies? I remember once I decided I was like going to start making smoothies and I put way too much kale into the first one I made and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever made. I was like, well, I guess I won't be doing that again. Um, But like she makes a smoothie. She's for a week. She like is doing this lifestyle change and she said she's feeling better, which I bet she is like that makes total sense. I think it's great that she's going to start taking care of herself. I hope that she's stuck with it. Um, You know, it sucks when you have a chronic illness that you have to eat a certain way to manage it, but you really do feel better when you do that. So that's kind of it. Um, She said even Bentley noticed. I was like, great. I mean, yeah, like I think that says a lot about, I think Bentley just is like a kid that pays attention. He's such a little cutie. All right, let's take a quick, quick break, and then we will talk about somebody else that I'm not quite sure which one yet. Okay, the big news in Cheyenne's world is that she's going to be getting induced. Um, She's 38 weeks along. I know there's some... I don't know. I've heard people say things about inducing, but I'll be honest, I don't really know anything about it, so... I don't really want to like talk on it. Her sister also has not made it work in DC. So she's moved home. She just had her baby. I think she named it Zaire. I think that's how you say it, right? Zaire. I went to school with a kid named Zaire. I think that's 
how she's probably pronouncing it, or Zaire. I'm not sure. I like that name, though. Um, a healthy little baby boy. Lots of boys coming around for them. Um, so that's that's fun. And they're going to have the baby soon. So that's great. There's a cute moment where Kyle announces that she's back for good in L.A. And Zach is like, yes, and celebrates. And they're like, okay, Zach, thanks for celebrating that failure of mine, (laughs) which I did think was pretty funny. But I also thought it was cute that they get along like that. Oh, Cheyenne and Zach are building a house, which like, cool. Good for them. That's great. I did. Did you guys notice that? Oh, well, I guess they moved out because there was a Chiron that said like Cheyenne's rental house. And I was like, that's weird. Isn't that the same house that she's been in this whole time? And don't her parents own it? Did her and I remember her and Zach looking at places. Did they end up moving? I truly cannot remember. No, I can't remember what whatsoever. So that's exciting. Kyle announces that she's pregnant uh, to JC. She's four months pregnant. JC's like, huh? Huh? JC, the producer. I don't like him. He's weird. I don't know. He's like so bro in a way that's weird. But I will say, I bet production loves to be on Cheyenne's crew because she's filming in LA. She's the only one that films in LA. And it must be nice to not have to commute to uh South, where does she not? She doesn't live in South Bend. That's where what's it called is Notre Dame is. She lives in Indianapolis. Must be nice not to have to go live in Indianapolis for like two weeks at a time and just get to film in LA. But that's really it for Cheyenne. She's gonna have the baby ace next week, which is good. She looks miserable. She's so pregnant. I feel for her. I feel for her. Um, okay. Let's talk about Ambular. I always want to call her Ambular because of Clueless. Um, so Gary calls up Ambular and hits her with a good morning and Amber goes, um, good afternoon. And Gary goes, oh, you're awake. I'm like, you're such a dick. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's such a dick. She didn't jump at it, though. He eggs her on. He really does. I'm not saying that, like, Gary deserves to be mistreated by Amber, but he pushes he does. And scenes like this are evidence of it. I'm just realizing I'm like, oh gosh, it's only been 25 minutes. I'm already on the third person. That's not great. Not much happened this week. He invites Amber over and, you know, basically they all agree that like Leah is where Leah is, but it's important for Amber to keep coming around, which I agree with. Um, Amber, I don't know, man. Amber really like wants Leah to just forgive and forget everything. She refuses to admit. I think that if Amber could admit what she did wrong, Leah would be a lot more forgiving. It's like, why should Leah forgive Amber if Amber can't even acknowledge what the issue is? And the issue, as I've said a million times, is not her going to prison. I mean, I'm sure that's part of the issue. I don't want to say that didn't have any effect whatsoever on Leah because clearly it did. But like if Amber had come home and then been a like as much of a mom as possible. I was going to say full-time mom, but I don't think that would have ever really been possible. But a full-time mom during her time with Leah and took advantage of all of her time with Leah, they would have had a totally different relationship. Um, They also talk about the fact that Amber skipped her birthday. Remember when Amber skipped her birthday last year and that Leah's still mad about it? And it's like, yeah, dum-dum. She's mad at you. Like, yeah, 
of course you skipped her birthday because you were uncomfortable. Of course she's mad at you. Why wouldn't she be mad at you for that? So I, like I said, at Gary's house, um, <laughs> Gary's wearing a shirt that says me sarcastic. Never. Amber's over there and she's talking about living alone and how great it is to live alone and that she's doing well in school. She says she's getting an A in psychology and a B and I think she said communications. I think that's great. And then Leah brings up like a movie she wants to watch and Amber's like, well, what is it? And Leah's like, a movie? Just being like a 12-year-old, right? Like being bitchy. And Amber's like, okay, so like what's it about? And Leah's like... I don't know. And Amber's like, so you haven't seen it? And Leah's like, no, I saw it. And she's like, well, can you describe what it's about? I actually like felt for Amber here. <laughs> so it's really fucking annoying when kids see that shit. <laughs> and then Leah describes it as she says, it's about a girl who's five, but then her mom is hit by a car. So the mommy becomes a demon and tries to kill everybody. And the mom was trying to take the girl from the dad. <laughs> Oh, you little rascal, Leah. Leah, you little rascal. I like gasped when she said that. I don't know if it's on purpose. I want it to be on purpose. You know, like I want it to be that Leah's like describing Amber becoming a demon who's trying to take her away from Gary. I kind of think it's probably not that deep. Like I want it to be deeper than it is, which is honestly usually the case for a lot of things in my life where I'm like... I want there to be some deep explanation and there's truly not. But Amber, Amber doesn't like this. We also don't get like a feel for how long Amber is there because suddenly Amber's yawning and she's like, oh, guys, I'm just so tired. I'm sorry. I have to go. And I'm like, well, how long was she there for? And she leaves and she gets into her car and she was like, well, that was fucking worth. That wasn't fucking worth it. I drive 45 minutes for what? And it's like you drive 45 minutes to prove to your kid that you're willing to drive 45 minutes to see her. And that's the thing. Like, this is why Amber's never going to heal her relationship with Leah, right? Like, because this is about Amber. It's not about Leah. It's about Amber. And Amber will never be able to understand that. Well, I don't want to say never. That's maybe not fair. But until she gets some serious help with her mental health stuff, she's not going to be able to understand that. Um, she's talking with the producer after it, after the fact, and the producer's like, you felt really frustrated there, didn't you? And she's like, yeah, but I would never say it inside the home. I'm like, here's the dealio, Ambi. Like, you're on camera. It doesn't matter when you say it because your daughter's going to fucking see it. <laughs> Amber? Amber seems to really struggle with this concept that Leah is 12 years old and like old enough to watch the show, old enough to watch her Instagram lives, old enough to see her Instagram posts. She went on Instagram live this week. Um, I didn't watch any of it, but from what I could tell, it was kind of unhinged. She was crying at the end of it, which, you know, classic Amber on Instagram live. But she, I feel like Amber like truly wants to pretend like Anything that doesn't happen directly in the presence of Leah doesn't affect Leah. And then she does shit like talks shit about Leah on camera and then is shocked when Leah doesn't want to see her. And it's like, well, girly, she saw that. Like <laughs> she saw what you said. She's going to see what you say when you get into the car and you bitch about having to drive to see her. If I'm Leah, I see that and I'm like, OK, well, I guess that wasn't worth it to her to come see me. 
I'm going to keep that in mind. She can't help herself, Amber, which is hard to watch. Ay, yeah, 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 yeah. She also said that she didn't like it when Leah was being snapping, that it's not okay for Leah to talk to her that way, which, I mean, I guess I agree with in concept. You know, like in theory, I agree that it's not cool for Leah to talk to adults that way, like to be, because she was being like rude and snappy. I don't know if snappy is the right word, but like just normal kid rude, and that's annoying. But like, if that's the worst that Leah does to Amber, then Amber's pretty lucky. All right, let's talk about Kate because it's a Carly episode. Woo! We haven't had a Carly episode in quite a while. It's Carly's birthday. I do want to say I'm really impressed with Nova's speech. It's gotten so much better. I know they're really worried about it and they were hoping that her like going to kindergarten that it would help and it seems to have helped. Not just like me being able to understand her because she definitely still has a little bit of a speech impediment or I don't know if it's official speech impediment, but in like an affect when she speaks but just like she seems to be able to express herself really clearly in a way that she definitely could not last year you know they're talking about Carly and having the baby and putting the baby up for adoption and Nova's like well you picked them because you didn't have any baby stuff right and they had baby stuff so Carly went to live there and it was like yeah honestly (laughs) Like, in a way, yeah, that is what happened. And they're talking about how, like, Tyler, they, well, she asked, like, if Tyler and Caitlin always wanted to be, like, mommies and daddies. And Caitlin says yes. And Tyler's like, well, I wasn't sure. And then Nova says something like, but now you know how great it is to be a father. I was like, damn, Nova. Good for you, little one. Like, really speaking, just so much more clearly. Kate says something really weird. Um, <laughs> She says that because Nova looks so much like Carly, it's almost like God purposely cloned Carly for us. Mm. Next time, let's not say that. (laughs) Let's not say that. That's not what happened. Um, it's not appropriate to say that to Nova. It's not fair to say that to Nova. She's not a clone of Carly. Nova's, in fact, very much her own girl. You know, like Nova is her own girl. She does not. She's she may look like Carly. Yes. And Carly's her sister. But like she's not God's replacement for Carly. That's a really unhealthy expectation to put on a child. So don't say that. Don't say that, Kate. <laughs> keep that one. Keep that thought to yourself. And I mean, I can imagine it's like wild. You give a baby up for adoption, then you push another one out and it looks just like the first baby. I can imagine that's like startling and you think about it and you see pictures of Carly and she looks just like Nova. And like, I get that. But at the same time, it's like you keep keep that to yourself. Um, I will say in general, it does seem like Caitlin and Tyler are in a better place when it comes to Carly and Brandon and Teresa. Um, I still haven't really forgotten the last time they saw Carly and were like two hours late to the meeting because Caitlin was spiraling and focused her spiraling on insisting that she needed to put a scrapbook together for Carly. That wasn't that wasn't great. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't awesome. But it could have been worse, I guess. I guess they could have not shown up, maybe. 
But just as far as like the way they're talking about Carly, the way they're talking about Carly to Nova, minus that clone comment, I thought they seem to be in a better place. I do think they probably don't talk about her that much. Um, I think that they talk about her on camera, but it I don't know. With the way they're talking to Nova about it, it didn't seem like it was like an everyday type of conversation. Then we get news that Brandon and Teresa are coming to Michigan to see Caitlin and Tyler, which I think is great. You know, it's funny. I see Reddit posts and Instagram comments about how Kate and Tyler are just the worst and Brandon and Teresa should cut them off. And one, I want to remind you that like the visits are not about Brandon and Teresa or truly Caitlin and Tyler. They're about Carly and they're about what's best for Carly. And like almost everything shows that contact with birth family is the best thing for adoptions. Obviously, that's not always the case and things happen on an individual basis. But like cutting off Caitlin and Tyler would probably just hurt Carly in the end. You know, it it wouldn't help her. She's known them her whole life and they've been doing visits, if not every year, but they have been doing visits their whole Carly's whole life. And it'd probably be pretty jarring for them to suddenly be cut off. Um, Brandon and Teresa don't seem to hold a grudge like the the fandom of Teen Mom does, you know? <laughs> Has anybody else noticed that, that Brandon and Teresa don't seem to hate Caitlin and Tyler nearly as much as everybody else does? Isn't that funny how it goes? I always try and remember that. Like, when I'm really railing on these people on these shows, I try and remember, like, look at the people in their lives who don't hold nearly the type of grudge as I do. And those people know them. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing Caitlin and Tyler see Carly. I know it's been a while. I hope that they are on time. They talk about how uncomfortable Tyler is around them. He feels like he's just so nervous he's going to say the wrong thing. And that, I'm like, Tyler, get over it. Come on. Get over it. That That's too much. Caitlin's grandma's there and, you know, I guess she's going to see Carly too. And she's like, well, I don't, I'm not totally sure what I'm allowed to say to her. She talks about how at Caitlin's wedding, she basically said, hi, Carly, I'm Caitlin's grandma. And they were like, yeah, that's perfect. That's like exactly how you should talk. She know Carly knows who Caitlin is and Carly's aware that Caitlin is a grandma type of thing. Um, but like Tyler, I think it's interesting. In reality, Tyler's probably made as much money, if not more money than Brandon and Teresa, right? Like he's on, he's rich. I mean, he has that tax lien. <laughs> But what does Karen Huger say? To owe millions means you need to make millions. Like, to owe over a million dollars in taxes means that you've made millions of dollars. Millions and millions of dollars. And yet he still feels so inferior. And I think a part of it is that, like, Tyler just doesn't really know or interact with any people like Brandon and Teresa, like upper middle class white collar people. I said this back when I watch her 16 and pregnant, I like truly think that Brandon was the first person they really ever interacted with that wore a suit to work. I think that like, despite the fact that they've had like Caitlin and Tyler have had incredible upward mobility financially. I think that they still feel like an incredible class divide with Brandon and Teresa. And it makes Tyler really fucking uncomfortable, like really uncomfortable. I think it makes him feel really inferior. Um, I think that Tyler is way more aware of his shortcomings than Kate is. I think for Kate, she doesn't really feel this way because I, I kind of think that Kate like 
never really saw herself getting out of their town. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Kate ever, I think regardless of anything that happened, like Kate was probably never going to college. Kate was probably never like getting out of their area. She was kind of going to stay in the cycle of her family forever. Whereas Tyler, I think like did have some big city dreams for himself that have not come true. But at the same time, like he's had a life probably beyond his wildest dreams. But I think that he definitely feels like he's failed in some ways. And I would bet one of those ways is like not going to college. And I think that he just feels that with Brandon and Teresa. I think he also is like very sensitive to the power divide they have, right? Like the imbalance, I should say. Like there is a major power imbalance between Caitlin and Tyler, Brandon and Teresa. And that's Brandon and Teresa hold all of the power over Carly. And I think for Tyler, he's somebody that wants to be in control and he kind of is like, fuck it. I'd rather just like have nothing to do with them if it means that I'm not in control, which is why he was like such a dick about posting stuff on social media. And when Kate was like, I just won't post. Like if they say I'm not going to post, then I'm not going to post if it means I can see Carly. I just think in general, Kate is a lot better with power balances with authority figures. I think that she sees Brandon and Teresa as the people that hold the power when it comes to Carly. And she's okay with that. It might not feel great, but she's okay with that. And she's willing to accept that and to play by their rules. And Tyler is just like so defiant when it comes to Brandon and Teresa that he like gets too nervous to even talk to them. It's very... It's very weird is not the right word. I don't know. It it makes sense when you think about like who Tyler is and how he is as a person. I think that Brandon and Teresa are just like kind of a reminder to him that he didn't necessarily get everything he wanted out of life, even if he has done theoretically very, very well for himself. So we'll see how that goes. Um, like we, I said, we haven't seen Carly in quite a while. Not that we see Carly on camera, but we haven't seen them in quite a while. So I'm hoping Brandon and Teresa film. I would like to hear from them. Um, I don't think we've seen them in quite a while either. Were they even on the episode, the zoo episode? I can't, I genuinely can't remember. So hopefully Brandon and Teresa will film. All right. Mackenzie McKay. Girly. <laughs> Girl. Ooh. Listening to Mackenzie and Josh talk about their children and their children's education is physically painful to me at this point so first it's Bronxy is graduating from pre-k so they're sending him to kindergarten against all advice but okay sure mac you make you make that decision she's like the teacher said he's so improved i'm like did they say that then we find out that Mackenzie will not be holding Jaxie back um her and josh have a talk and they talk about the fact that Mackenzie's really stressed. She's like, you know, Jaxie's already having trouble because they're supposed to have her in some sort of summer school, but it's just not working out, which hire a tutor. You are on television. Get MTV to hire the fucking tutor. Figure that out. Work some magic. Um, Mackenzie says that she always struggled in school, but she's just so grateful that her mom didn't hold her back. She's like, but I know like some parents say it was a good decision. Um, 
that's when I was like, oh, okay. We all know that Mackenzie considers her mother to be a saint. That before her mom died, she considered her mom to be a saint. She's fucking obsessed with her mom, doing everything that her mom did, modeling her life after her mom. Her mom can do absolutely no wrong, despite the fact that she treated Mackenzie like shit a lot of the times, right? And so once she said that her mom didn't hold her back, I was like, oh, this is a Mackenzie story, right? Like, this must be a story that they talked about a lot. This was something that Mackenzie is very aware of. And because Angie didn't hold Mackenzie back, Mackenzie will not be holding back any of her children, I guess. Um, She says something like, well, you know, like grades one, like kindergarten through fifth grade are the time to do it. Any later, like you don't want to do it. I'm like, yes but also like the earlier the better so Jaxie is currently in first grade she's finishing first grade the teachers don't want her to go to second grade which I also have questions about this is in public school can't they be like she's not going to second grade like if she comes back to the school she will not be in second grade I'm curious about that like if she mean if they mean like hey we think Jaxie isn't ready for second grade but it's really up to you or if like Jaxie cannot come to second grade and she'll have to go to a different school if you want her to go to second grade. I'm definitely, they were a little unclear about that, at least to me. And so they, they're like, well, you know, I think that it'll, like, Mackenzie's like, I just don't want to hurt her feelings. And it's like, yeah, I get that. You know, Princess and I were talking on her Patreon, I think, recently about the fact that, like, having learning disabilities and struggling in school is a trauma. And like I say that as somebody that had learning disabilities and struggled in school, I'm not saying that Mackenzie shouldn't be worried about Jaxie's feelings. I think that's like totally reasonable and valid. But like what's going to hurt her feelings more and like fuck her up more is pushing her ahead when she's not ready. Um, I understand like as far as like the social aspect, like it's hard because they just moved to Florida and Jaxie's probably just made all these friends and you're going to hold her back and she's going to have to make new friends. Like I get that. I get there are a lot of concerns for holding her back. I'm not saying that like Mackenzie should just be like, okay, great. We're holding her back. Love it. There are absolutely no problems. So this will be no issues. This is the easiest decision we've ever made in our lives. But like, I'm just not sure why Joshua McKenzie feel that they know better than the teachers. Like why they think that they are the ones that should be making this decision and disregarding what the professionals say. They even go as far as to say is, well, if she's still struggling, then we'll hold her back next year. I'm like, first of all, the older she gets, the harder this is going to be. Right. Like that full stop. The older the child gets, the harder it's going to be to hold them back because they're going to get more shame and embarrassment. They're going to become more aware of what's going on around them and that being held back is a bad thing, right? Like the older you get, the worse that gets. So you want to do that as early as possible. And second of all, it's like if Jaxie is struggling enough now in first grade that she, the teachers think that she needs to be held back, it's only going to hurt her more to then go forward into another grade and struggle there. Like it, it just makes so little sense that they're like, well, we'll we'll see what happens next year. You know, if it's hard, then well, then we'll hold her back. It's like, so you're going to have her have two bad school years in a row instead of holding her back now and then letting her have a good first grade so that she goes into second grade with confidence. I just, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. They sound like fucking idiots when they're talking about it. And 
like that it's just full stop they do and I say this as a kid that struggled in school like I know what it's like to really have trouble in school and like how awful that feels and how hard it makes everything and like the fact that they're setting Jaxie up for failure by like literally ignoring having to make a hard decision like that's why they're doing this they're not doing this out of some benefit for Jaxie they're doing this because they don't want to fucking deal with it like Mackenzie straight up says like I don't want to hurt her feelings so I'm not going to do this like because you're a bad mom like full stop you're a bad parent you and Josh are bad parents I just can't I truly cannot imagine a teacher coming to me and being like your child needs to be held back and me being like no absolutely not now are there circumstances where this happens and the child doesn't actually need to be held back yeah of course like there's always an exception to every rule but like this is not two of Mackenzie's children that need to be held back and she's ignoring both recommendations because she doesn't want to do them because she doesn't want to be mean to her kids it's outrageous. It's really, it's really outrageous. I feel really sad for Jaxie. It's really unfair to Jaxie that this is what Mackenzie's doing. It's not fair. It's not fair. Oh, God, that poor little kid. I hope she's doing okay in second grade. I mean, actually, what I really hope is that the school was like, she's not coming to second grade. She has to go to first grade. And so she went back to first grade. It's just like she, Jaxie deserves success. She deserves success and she deserves to be able to like do another year in first grade and then move into second grade with confidence. Josh and Mackenzie are just like big dopes. Truly. They're big dopes. Oh, God. We're going to, well, let's just like see how it plays out. You know, we'll see how the next year plays out. That's their motto. Like, give me a fucking break. Okay. I took an hour long break. I ate an Amy's margarita pizza and had like a strawberry shortcake bar. I think they call them something different. It's the Wegmans brand, but you know what I'm talking about. Like the Good Humor Strawberry Shortcake Bars. They're so good. I'm so late on this podcast this week. I think tonight I'm going to go back to the movies. I'm going to go see Spencer. Will it be good? I don't know. I love Jackie. That's something to know about me is that I loved the movie Jackie, which is by the same director as Spencer, I believe. (laughs) I think. I hope. Uh, So let's hope it's good. All right. Let's run down... TMYP. This is going to be a short episode. This is going to be a short episode this week. I apologize for that, but also like, you know, I can only talk about what I can talk about. If it's short next week, I'll throw up a Q&A as well. So, you know, I don't like to release a podcast under an hour and a half. It has to hit an hour. I try and make sure it hits an hour, but I prefer an hour and a half. So I definitely don't want to do like multiple weeks of just an hour. All right, let's chat first about Brie. Um, so somebody commented on my Instagram and was like, do you think Brie sleeps with that friend of hers? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> now, she said that and I was like, did I say something about that? Then like something pinged in the back of my head that I was like, I feel like I think I said something about her maybe sleeping with both of that, like the couple when we first were introduced to them. But I I don't know if I just am like misremembering that. But yeah, I think that Brie has sex with Ashley. <laughs> this is not a normal fight. I don't know. How old is Ashley, the friend? Like, it just feels weird. So they have a huge fight this week. It's Thanksgiving and uh, Brianna's family is going to go over to Ashley's house for Thanksgiving. Remember, Ashley is a husband and children. And 
um, Briggs, her new boyfriend, who is quite cute, to be honest. I have no idea if they're still together. I truly have no idea. But Briggs is not invited. So Bree's plan is to, the night before, go over to Ashley's, then go to Briggs late at night, then go back to Ashley's on Thursday. I'm not sure why she can't just spend Wednesday with Briggs and Thursday with Ashley. Um, It seems like Ashley doesn't like Briggs for no reason. Um, They haven't given us a reason. So I don't know like what the story is behind that. But apparently Ashley does not like Briggs. That's why he's not invited. Um, As I said, like this is a very immature fight. I think Bree's being put in a really unfair position and it would make a lot more sense if Bree and this Ashley girl hooked up. Now, have I had fights like this with friends that I have never hooked up with? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and we have to remember that Bree is very young. I think I don't even know if she's 21 yet. She might be freshly 21 because I, I think she's 17 or 18 in her original season and we're only on what, like season three or four? Ashley's or Bree is young. So I'm not saying that this is like an unnatural fight for two 21-year-old friends to have that are not having sex. Like, no, this is some real shit, right? Like you have a best friend. She comes around all the time. Then she gets a boyfriend. She starts ditching you. But my issue is, is that I think my understanding is that Ashley's a little older. She's also married and she has children. And this doesn't feel like a natural fight for someone who has a family and a life of her own right? Like this is the fight that you have with your girlfriend or your friend that's a girl. I'll use friend that's a girl because I think it's more clear in the context I'm talking about. Your friend that's a girl that like you two do everything together (laughs) and neither of you have a significant other and then suddenly one gets a significant other and she stops being there for you 24-7. Like that's some real shit, right? Like I had that fight multiple times throughout my teen and early 20s, multiple times. It's not that. It's like I'm confused because Ashley has a life. She seems to have a a job of some sort because I think her and Brie were co-workers. I think that's how they met. So she has a job. She has children. She has a husband. It's like why are you so concerned about Brie and like Brie centering her life around you? I don't know if we're seeing everything and I think her and Brie had like a pretty decent conversation about it where Ashley agreed to like ease up on him a little bit and they all have to try and get along and Brie was like I understand why you're upset I don't know I just am like this feels like real emotional and sexual jealousy to me in a way that like it just maybe I'm though ascribing too much maturity to Ashley that isn't fair But, like, she flipped the fuck out at Brie. This wasn't just, like, a little tiff that they had. Like, they got into a screaming fight, apparently, at Thanksgiving. So, what the fuck is going on? What's going on with that? I mean, I wonder, though, if, like, I wonder if Ashley, not Ashley, I wonder if Brie has ever dated women. Um, Because I think, I don't know if she's actually said that. Like, I I do remember in um, season one she had like a pride flag shirt and obviously she dates trans men but I don't know if she has ever said like I'm bisexual I think as far as we know based on the show she only dates men so I don't know but like uh, does if she does date women like 
or she does sleep with women, it wouldn't be shocking me to find out that her and Ashley were sleeping together. And that's like why they're having this big blowout and why she seems so insanely jealous. Because it doesn't seem like Brie has like totally dropped off the face of the earth. And her sister, Vanessa, who's usually pretty good at kind of like telling her like it is, is like, I don't understand what's going on with her at all. Like, why are you not allowed to have your own life? And like really how centered on Ashley was Bree's life before this boyfriend because she does have a child like she does have a family I doubt she was over there every single day at every single minute I I don't know it's just real confusing and I would love for it to come out that this is actually a lover spat it would make a lot more sense have we ever had openly yeah we have I was gonna say have we ever had any openly bi women on teen mom kale dating dom um oh and Kayla J is by we know that because her and Mikhail were dating before Mikhail transitioned so we know that she in the past has dated other women oh and duh uh Kaya and Tiesa okay okay also remember when those two 16 and pregnant girls got together that was fun <laughs> there's been a decent amount of bi representation on this show that's cool. I just am curious about Ashley. Not Ashley. I keep saying Ashley. Ashley and Brie are really similar names in my head. And actually, I think that Brie would make more sense as an Ashley. <laughs> I think that would factually make a little more sense to me. Oh, gosh. Hearing them like, I don't know. I, like, it, I, Ashley just seems like, why is she so upset? Is this me just like being 33 years old and being unable to access what it would was like to be 21 years old and like forgetting that feeling it might be that and that's why I'm like they must be hooking up because I just like can't access that feeling or what or what maybe Brie will tell us one day I want to meet Briggs get him on this goddamn show I don't stand for dating off camera I don't believe in that it goes against my religion (laughs) all right Kayla J is a her and uh Mikhail are fucking messy I missed because I was so, like, overwhelmed by their fight last week, but apparently Mikhail said go find somebody, like, go find Mecca's donor dad and have him be Mecca's dad. That's not great. That's really, it's not good. Um, And so Kayla's mom comes over and they're talking. <laughs> Kayla's telling her mom about this and her mom is like, holy shit, that's, like, beyond fucked up to say. And her mom, I think her mom's name is Erica, goes, so have you ever said anything like that to Mikhail? And (laughs) Kayla goes, no, no, never. I've never hurt him like that. Well, you know, except for the fact that, like, once I said that, he should have his own baby and then see what it feels like when it comes to Mecca. And her mom is like, what? You said what? Her mom was cracking me up in this scene because Kale with like a dead straight face is like, I didn't say that to hurt him. And her mom is like, you're out of your mind. Of course that hurt his feelings. Of course it hurt his feelings. <laughs> like, why would that not hurt his feelings? You're implying that you have a closer bond with Mecca because you're the one that gave birth to Mecca. Now, could that maybe be true in certain circumstances? Yes, but it's not right to like devalue Mikhail's parenting and like his ability to bond with his child that he's been with since the day that she was born um it's not right to devalue that by saying like oh well you'll get it if you have 
if you give birth to a child. Like, that's fucked up. That's mean. And I was glad that Erica was like, you are out of your mind if you think that was not an insult. Ugh, they just like I remember on the first episode when I was like I think they might be a good couple like what a dum-dum I was by the way did you, you guys notice <laughs> that Kayla called him a dum-dum at the end they're having a fight and she's like you're doing dumb shit and she goes okay dum-dum <laughs> I was glad to hear that you guys know I love the phrase dum-dum I think it's a really undervalued insult I just I love to call someone a dum-dum I love to call myself a dum-dum So that just really, that really cracked me up. I just like, their fighting doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, Once again, I am left with questioning if they are legal, if McHale's legally Mecca's father, because if so, he needs to go to court and get something established because the two of them are clearly not mature enough to decide custody agreements. Like, Clearly, this is not working out the way that they want it to. Um, I still have questions as to, like, how realistic it is for them to split custody when Mikhail lives in Philly and lives, like, a significant distance away from Mecca. It's, you're not going to have equal time. But as I said last week, like, I think Kale is fighting a losing battle if she wants Mikhail to keep all his girlfriends away from Mecca. Like, I just don't think that's going to happen and it's not fair and I think Kale is totally right for feeling like this is a bad idea for Mikhail to just have like anyone around Mecca but if that's your child's father and you are saying my child is safe with his father then that what Mikhail does on his time there's not that much you can do about it and it's just such wasted energy I think in the end um I wonder if they still have sex I wonder if the two of them still hook up, Kayla J and Mikhail, because she's so territorial and jealous when it comes to him. And she even will say, like, it's not about Mecca, like Mecca safety. And, you know, like last week she was pretty clear that she's like not worried about Mecca's physical safety, which makes me think like, okay, so what is it about? And then she keeps coming back to the fact that Mikhail basically promised Kayla that it was just him and Mecca and just him and Mecca and then she found out that it wasn't that there was a girl there which is totally understandable to flip out about but she's really acting like I mean we know that she's still in love with Mikhail she's like said straight up that she's still in love with Mikhail but I'm definitely curious if they're still occasionally sleeping together because that makes the shit a hundred times harder and more complicated right and Mikhail is a real fuck boy like a real fuck boy so I would totally believe that they're still sleeping together like when he comes down there to visit Mecca I bet every once in a while they hook up like it would I think it would explain the the up it the like total up and down nature of their relationship because it really does seem like a lot of the times they get on very well and things are going smoothly and they co-parent well and I wouldn't be surprised if like they'll have periods of doing really well then they sleep together and then it all blows up I mean they've been together for a very long or they were together for I think four or five years they were saying so it's like not hard for me to believe that the two of them still hook up occasionally and that makes everything like a hundred times more complicated as we know. Um, Let's talk about the other Kayla who dropped some bombs this week. (laughs) So first of all, the DNA test came back and it's not Ryan's baby, which is good and bad, I guess. (laughs) I mean, good because Kayla didn't want that to be the case, but like 
it still means Stefan is your your Stefan is your baby's father and that's not ever good right like that's just never ever ever good no matter what <laughs> no matter what happens that's never good so by the way I'm wondering for next season if they're gonna keep Madison off Kayla J better be the full star we don't need Madison we have Kayla J um, where was I with, Ka- oh, okay. So her and Luke are still fighting. They're not doing well. And Luke goes over to his mom's to talk. And I really like Luke's mom from the beginning. They've really taken Isaiah in as their own. She seems really level headed and she talks to Luke and kind of talks about the relationship. Luke's like, well, we're going to go to counseling. And she's like, well, I'm a counselor, kind of like joking around and says like, oh, Kayla should come over and talk to me. And I'm like, it's kind of weird. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but Kayla seems to like her. So, okay. Remember when um she threatened to fight Stefan's mom for Kayla? I loved that. <laughs> I like her. Like, obviously, we don't know her that well. We've only seen her in, like, very short clips. But what I have seen of her, I like. So Kayla goes over to her house, and she's like, yeah, Luke and I are not getting along, but you're not going to like what I have to tell you. And her mom is like, or his mom is like, okay, well, what do you mean? And she's like, well, Luke wasn't faithful. And his mom says something like, well, my definition of faithful isn't the same as your guys' definition of faithful, basically being like there's a generation gap when it comes to faithfulness. Though I'm not sure that's true. I wasn't quite sure what she meant by that. Um, Maybe she was asking, like, is he Snapchatting other girl, like doing stuff that like I just personally wouldn't be involved in. So I don't quite understand it. But in general, like, I don't think there is a big generational divide between what's cheating and what's not. Um, I think there's definitely more diversity in relationships these days, as in, like, more people are polyamorous or, as they say on Tinder, ethically non-monogamous. Like, I think that's more common. But I think for people in monogamous relationships, for the most part, cheating is the same from Gen X, which his mom probably is, Gen X to to millennial to Gen Z. Like, I, I don't think there's a huge difference. But she basically, Kale says, well, the worst type of unfaithful you can be. And we find out that when she was like a month or two pregnant, he fucked some other girl. <laughs> I was like, oh. She also tells his mom about how like when they were in Iowa, he was like out partying while she was home with the baby. And he, the mom is like, huh. (laughs) Well, this is different than I heard. She says, you know, she's really disappointed in Luke. She didn't raise Luke to be that way. I just thought she had a great reaction. She actually calls up Luke on speakerphone and he's like, I'm not going to have this conversation on the phone. And I think that's fair. Like it, it's not really his mom's business, right? Like I, I get that she wants to help Kayla out and help Luke out because I think she does like Kayla a lot and she likes Isaiah and she wants, you know, they have a child. She wants them to work out. But like she's not the counselor. She's his mom. And I, I don't think Luke needs to sit on the phone for that. But like, you know, uh, this changes things. I have been rooting for Luke and Kayla. They're definitely still together or they seem together based on like the way they're acting on Instagram at the reunion. They were posting each other all over their Instagrams. But like. I'm definitely curious as to why she's letting him adopt her son. (laughs) I guess her thought is like Isaiah views Luke as his dad. They definitely call him dad. Luke acts as Isaiah's dad and has acted as Isaiah's dad since 
Isaiah was six months old. And I think their mentality is that like Luke's relationship with Isaiah is actually separate from Luke's relationship with Kayla, which I agree is true to an extent. Like, I don't disagree with that. And I think it's probably a healthy mindset. And like, I I think what they're belief system is is like no matter what happens between the two of us Luke is Isaiah's dad now and if we break up it's actually good if he's adopted because Luke should then continue to be a father to Isaiah my question is is Luke gonna really want to keep doing that Luke is still very young right Kayla's still very young like is Luke really gonna want to keep doing that when they break up is he like I don't know I don't I don't necessarily trust that he will, not because of anything in particular about Luke, but just in the way that a lot of people are, right? Like, look, here's the deal. I think if in some universe, if Kale had let Javi adopt uh, Isaac, Javi would still be treating Isaac like fully as his son, right? Like, I think it would be full blown. And so I definitely think that maybe Luke and Isaiah have more of a relationship like that. But then there are a lot of people that play house. And once they're done playing house, they bounce out. Right. Like I just, I think like what their thing is, it's like, okay, well, if we're not together anymore and Aria goes to her dad's house, like Isaiah is going to go because you're his dad. I just hope that Luke would actually follow through with that once he's no longer with Kayla. I also wonder like, is Kayla going to still want Isaiah to be calling Luke dad if they're not together? Like, is, is that really what she's going to want? I mean, I think she should want it if she does think that he's a good dad. And if Isaiah does love Luke like a dad and that is the only dad he's ever known, I think then maybe she should want it. I just, I don't know, man. Also, like, I will say I did kind of laugh when she's like, when I was a month pregnant, he cheated on me. And it's like, yeah, you were a month pregnant. You had been with him for three months. Like. <laughs> This is why you don't get pregnant so soon if you can help it. Like, this is why you're careful about birth control when you're not quite ready to have a baby with someone because you don't really know them. And if you had been in a different situation, you would have just left him. Like, if you hadn't been pregnant and you found out he fucked some other girl, it would have been a lot easier to just leave him. She does say that she, like, bottled it all up at the time. And so it's, like, coming out now, which I think makes sense. I don't know. I want them to work through it. I don't think cheating has to end a relationship, but I also am not sure that they're going to be able to move past it. They keep saying that it's something like Luke just needs to talk about his feelings, but it doesn't seem like Kale is good at talking about her feelings either. I'm definitely like, like I said, it seems like they're still together. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. Okay. Who else is on this show? Um, so when it comes to Kaya and Tiaza, I think I didn't write down anything about this. They just had a, a fight and I don't have anything to talk about. about. <laughs> I mean, how many times can they have the same fucking fight? You know, like how many times can they have the same fight? It's boring to watch them fight. Uh, let's talk about Rachel, who <laughs> has met a new guy on Twitter. His name is or on a dating app. Excuse me. His name is Noah. He's actually cute and seems nice. He actually is like by far the best guy that she's ever dated that we've seen on the show she's known him for about three days so they're deeply in love (laughs) as as Rachel does her friend has also met a new guy and she's like well here's the thing he wants me to move in with him so you have to move out (laughs) and Rachel's like are you serious man are you serious and she moves back in with Stephanie but here's the thing 
magically everything in their lives are perfect and everybody's getting along great because Noah has made Rachel perfect and incredible. I'm like, you guys are sick in the head. The fact that like Stephanie and Mallory are sitting there and seriously giving credit to this random guy that Rachel said sex with probably 11 times at this point that saying like, well, he just really makes her calm. And like, he's really, Rachel's doing so well. Like we're doing just so great. And it's definitely because of Noah. Like Jesus Christ. They do have a scene though, where Stephanie acknowledges that, um, like she acknowledges Rachel's issue with Stephanie trying to parent. It doesn't totally get wrapped up, but she does acknowledge it, which I think is a good step. This guy, it's like, first of all, how many men have been around little Hazley? I'm like deeply worried about Hazley. Deeply worried about her. She is around a lot of men. A lot of men. Didn't Stephanie used to have a boyfriend? Where did he go? Didn't she have a boyfriend last season that lived with them? Did I make, have I hallucinated that? That Stephanie had a boyfriend? I don't know. Maybe I did. (laughs) There's no boyfriend this season, but like, Little Hazley has been around so many men. It's really upsetting. And honestly, like this guy, Noah, seeming nice, make in some ways makes me more worried because I'm like, what would a nice guy want to do with Rachel? I mean, I guess her being famous, I guess we could say being on TV, Rachel Beaver's definitely not famous, but her being on TV is a real draw and he figures he can get on MTV and get a paycheck the clout, if you will. I could see him being attracted to that. But like, well, I mean, Rachel's cute. She probably they probably have great sex. Like they live in a small town. I guess Rachel does have some stuff to offer. It just makes me nervous. Like she's so out of control that like if a nice guy's around her, I'm like, something's not right in the water here. You know, like this is suspicious. I would bet they're not together anymore. What? <laughs> hey, guys, I have a wild bet. A really wild speculation that Rachel is not with this guy. I know, I know, it's pretty extreme. <laughs> oh gosh, that's it for this week. Like I said, I'm sorry for the short episode. I love you all very much. You should come to my Patreon, Patreon.com/slashlizexplains, and listen to me talk about Sister Wives. Go back and listen to my Sister Wives episodes because this is relevant now. Anyways, I hope everyone has a good week and I will talk to you again soon. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.